0: I'm Tasha Pierce, and this is Sinister Silhouette. Now, last week, after uh, I completed my episode, I was telling you all that there will be nothing this week about law enforcement. Before I make good on that promise, which I won't, I want to tell you, uh, or I want to read to you a post written by a black man named Jonathan Price. With all the tension and animosity going on with race and the police, all the time. I'm on the same fence as little Wayne with him saying a white cop saved his life and hasn't been too vocal based off experiences. I was raised by the Malones and Woodruffs in my hometown for a large amount of my youth, was my second family then and still are in 2020 if I have anything to say. The amount of food fed to me, the money they spent on me outweighs any BS about race or color right now. I have family that's never done a damn thing for me or supported my business ventures, and they're my blood. They will forever be a million in my book, and they know who they are. They're to blame for my countryside and addiction to white women, not complaining one bit. There were times I should have been detained for speeding, outstanding citations, outdated registration, dozing off at a red light before making it to my garage downtown Dallas after a long night out. I've passed a sobriety test after leaving a bar in Wiley, Texas by two white cops and still let me drive to where I was headed. And by the way, they consider Wiley, Texas to be very racist. I've never got that kind of energy from the popo. Not saying black lives don't matter, but don't forget about your own or your experiences through growth and waking up. And that was his post. And it's obvious that Jonathan had a different experience than a lot of black people. And he was very complimentary of the police. And I won't say white people in general because I don't think white people in general are just afraid of us. And I'm referring to Jonathan in the past tense because Jonathan is no longer with us. And I'm going to read you something from a gentleman named Will Middlebrooks. Will Middlebrooks played on the what is it 2013 world world series champion he's a baseball analyst he is a professional athlete and he was friends very close friends with jonathan price and what he wrote mr middlebrooks see this face this is the face of one of my childhood friends the face of my first ever favorite teammate the face of a good man but unfortunately It's the face of a man whose life was taken away from him last night with his hands in the air while a small small town East Texas cop shot him once in the chest and then twice in the back. Why? Because he was trying to break up a fight at a gas station. For some reason, he was singled out. I'll let you do the math. There's no excuses this time. He was a criminal. Nope, not this time. He resisted arrest. Just comply with the cops. Nope, that one doesn't work this time either. This was purely an act of racism, period. So for all of you that think that this is all bullshit, you need to check yourselves. I'm sick. I'm heartbroken. And I'm furious. Love you, JP. See you when I see you, bro. Now, Mr. Middlebrooks is a white man. Like I said, an athlete. But but he's a a white man who was very good friends with this Jonathan Price. I've got another uh, testimonial from another friend of Mr. Price. His name is Case Roundtree. None of us should have to make posts like this. None of us. Jonathan was one of my best friends for as long as I can remember. All through school, he was the one guy we all wanted to be just like. In WC, we didn't want to be like Mike. We wanted to be like Jonathan. He was an incredible football player, leader, and class act. After high school, Jonathan and I roomed together for three semesters in college and he taught me his well-known never give up work ethic. Even at that time, he had very high standards and goals set for himself and I knew he was going to do great things. He was the type of guy that you want your son to grow up like. There are so many stories to reminisce on and they keep playing over and over in my mind. This is just not fair. Jonathan was my brother. He will always be my brother. He did not deserve this. Nobody deserves this. He was taken, I'm sorry, he was taken by an act of evil. Singled out by an evil that should never have been given any authority. Taken by evil when all he was trying to do was good. He was always doing something good. Always. Jonathan, I love you, man. And then there's the hashtag that we're becoming so familiar with. This one says justice for Jonathan. And again, this case Roundtree, who I am uh, quoting, he's also a white gentleman. Notice the difference, though, the tone difference in case and Will's testimonies about Jonathan and then what Jonathan had to say himself. Jonathan did not see the police as a threat. Jonathan felt like as long as I'm doing everything I'm supposed to, as long as I'm complying, as long as I'm doing halfway right. The police will be okay with me. He's spoken about white cops who let him go when he was driving and he might've been a little tiny bit over the limit or other situations that a lot of black men don't find their way out of. And that lulled Jonathan into what I consider a sense of complacency. He felt like it couldn't happen to him. Honestly, it shouldn't have happened to him. Jonathan is now deceased at the hands of a police officer when it is said, and of course, this story is going to continue to unfold. And of course, they're going to dig up something in the media to make Jonathan a likely target for being killed by the police. But let's be honest with ourselves and and each other. His friends have faced the fact, and maybe they're hurting, but his friends have faced the fact that It's likely that Jonathan is dead because Jonathan was the black person on the scene. And when the police got the call that there was this disturbance and they saw this black man, they probably stereotyped him and thought that he was the person who was behind this this disturbance. And then in the back of these cops' minds, of course, I can't say this for sure, but you know, I'm, I'm speculating here. In the back of their minds, they may think to themselves with all this going on in this country, we're afraid. So they shot first. The, the problem is that the person they shot at was unarmed. There was no threat to them. He was there helping them do their jobs by breaking up a, a domestic dispute. Now I don't I don't know how much more we have to say. I don't know if if this if this one makes any if this one makes any difference, I, I have no clue. But Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter is not an organization. It is a sentence. It is a complete thought. It is a it is an adjective, a noun, and a verb. Black lives matter. Now, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. This happened in Texas. I'm sorry, I'm tongue-tied because it's really bedtime for me, but I had to get this out. Yeah, this happened in Texas in a city that's right outside of Dallas. I think it's a small, it's a kind of small town, a place where Jonathan felt safe. And he he was robbed of his life in a place that he felt safe at home. I'm sure more is going to come out about this story. We're going to hear all about the officers and what great guys they are. And I don't dispute that. I believe they may be great guys. But uh, that combination of fear and what some people say is racism, that, that doesn't number on even the greatest guys. Uh, Jonathan is gone. The family that he's, he says uh, kind of pushed him to the side, they're mourning right now. The family that he chose, the people that he knew and he grew up with and he felt like took care of him, they're in mourning right now. That's a black family and white family all of them are hurt by the loss of this man so no it doesn't necessarily have to be about race because you know there are white people who have people that are, are of a different ethnicity who they feel like is just as close as is their natural born families and those are the people that we need to stand up and raise their voices and be heard and demand that changes are made to the construct of law enforcement. No, I don't believe in abolishing the police because, you know, I don't want to abolish the police in favor of nothing. But these police officers, they, they have to be better trained. They can't be so quick to pull their weapon. I am literally afraid that one day my mild-mannered and meek son is going to walk out the door and not come back. And it won't be from a gangster or a thug or somebody trying to rob him. It will be from the very person who's paid to protect him. I'm hurt. I'm I'm hurt. And I really don't. I don't have much more to say. You guys, you know, the this, this shit is getting depressing. The shit is getting ridiculous. And if you can't feel that pain, because right now I don't know Jonathan i didn't know george floyd i didn't know brianna taylor i didn't know any of these people but when i look at them i see somebody that i do know and i'm afraid but i don't have a gun i don't have a weapon to hide behind so the police when they get afraid they can shoot us when i'm afraid what the hell am i going to do if i put my hands up i die if i run i die if I try to talk to the officers in a way that they might feel is a little too aggressive, I die. And I know people will think, oh, she's being over the top. Oh, she's exaggerating. I am a 100% positive, 100% positive that if Jonathan thought he was going to die that day, he would not have stopped to break up that fight. He didn't know to be scared. But when we see the examples of, That have been made of all of these brown people. Those of us with a little life in us. We have enough evidence laid out to it in front of us to be afraid. So yeah, I'm riffing right now. I'm ranting. I I don't have much more to say. I love you guys. White, black, purple, or indifferent. I love you. Thank you for listening to my show. Thank you for getting me over 16,000 downloads and, and counting. We need, we need voices. We need people who mean business. We need people to understand that if you are not, if you're not speaking up, you're complicit. You're complicit. And you don't, I don't expect you to go out in the streets and march and, and loot and riot, but I expect you to demand better from your uh, local governments, from the federal government. Right now, we have a president who says that those three words, black lives matter, constitute terrorism. And I know the man is is kind of battling uh, COVID-19 and he is, I think, coming home from the hospital today. And do you know how much he feels about us? He says, oh, COVID-19 is nothing. Don't, don't be afraid of it. And you're going to have an army of people, just like you got an army of people out there ready to go toe to toe, with a bunch of people who are protesting about brothers and sisters who were killed, you've got those same people who are now emboldened. They're not afraid of the virus. Will everybody get to go to Walter Reed? And we're sure, we're not even sure just yet that President Trump is out of the woods. It's it's just irresponsible from the top all the way down. And I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I work in the public. You got you're out here telling these people that. There's nothing to be afraid of because you got experimental drugs that nine times out of 10, they will not have access to that. That's highly, if nothing else he's done is irresponsible. That is highly irresponsible when you're saying it over the graves of 210,000 people who have lost their lives. So yeah, now I'm on something else. (laughs) Let me bring myself down get back to the subject. The subject is An adjective, black, a noun, lives, and a verb, matter. Not an organization, not a terrorist group, but a complete thought. And I need more of you all to say it and believe it and demand equal treatment. Demand that the officers, I know they're afraid. I'm trying to even humanize them. I know they're scared. Because there's so much going on and it could easily be one of them who loses their life because they let their guard down. But the difference is, and and this is not to say uh, I'll trade lives. I won't. It hurts me also if a police officer is killed in the line of duty. But that is the thing, in the line of duty. I was once in the military. If I was still in the military and... The commander-in-chief of the United States of America, Donald Trump, ordered something to be done, uh, take some type of military action. And I lost my life. I know I signed up. And that was a possibility. And that is exactly the same position that the police are in. They signed up. Oh, there is always ever the slight possibility that something terrible can happen, something unthinkable can can happen. But we, you understood the risk and you signed up anyway. Nobody signs up to be black. And on that note, I'm going to ask you guys to wash your hands, wear your masks, stop the spread and stay the fuck out the shadows. Peace.
1: Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors